Welcome back to the program. We are excited to have former Seattle Seahawks Joe Tafoya here um, with us. And he has a personal story to share about his mom who has early onset Alzheimer's. And Joe, thank you so much for being here. Thank today. you, Suzanne. This is a beautiful office. We're right underneath CenturyLink Field. I feel right at home. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet <laughs> you do. You know, I am so glad that you're coming forward to share your story with your mom because obviously, you know, mom is in a very important figure in your life. And then all of a sudden you started seeing some changes. Could you share a little bit about, you know, what all evolved with that? Yeah, thank you. Um, it, it was very obvious in 2007 that something had changed about my mom and we weren't quite sure what it was. But she started forgetting things and mm -hmm. experiencing dizzy spells at work yeah. and um, a little bit of confusion. And her boss made a, a few comments and raised the stress level for her at work. Oh, um, wow. She was working at an attendance office in a high school in Brentwood, California. And, and you have to know a lot of names and remember right. a lot of m details. And she started slipping a little bit. So they brought someone else in for her and told her to take a little bit of time off. So the added stress there. And during her time off, she and her dog were taking a walk, and they got attacked by another dog and oh my bit her hand. And so she had to do a little bit of surgery, and they put her under. And when she came back out from surgery, this was 2008, she was not the same. She was very different, um, experiencing very large parts of, of her memory were missing. Mm -hmm. She couldn't remember specific details. She couldn't remember often where she was going. Her direction was, was off. Wow. And how did you as a family, you know, deal yeah. with that? All of a sudden, you know, mom's kind of the glue that holds everybody together. I'm sure that there's yeah. a lot of um, dialogue and concern. And Well, my mom... My father, first of all, he was a working professional. He worked his entire life. He's still working today. He's been 37 years at the same company wow. and did a lot of traveling. So mom spent all of her time with uh, my brother, my sister, and myself. Mm -hmm. And she went from school to school, wherever we were, and she found a way to work there. And she took us to all of our practices, you know, just the, the She's typical probably team very mom. influential in your athletic career. Very much so. <laughs> I wouldn't have made it to more than half of the practices had it not been for her. Yeah. And, you know, the, the children in and around my community got to know her because she was always involved in schools. She became sort of a team mom and a kind of a public figure, wow. so to speak. But um, in 2009, we... She had to stop working completely, and then she was at home, and she had essentially retired. She'd been retired, and there was nothing we can do to sort of figure out what was going on with her. We couldn't. We went to the doctor. The doctor didn't know what was happening. We went to a couple of specialists and saw some because specialists. Because she's young. Yeah. How they, old was she at this point? She was 54. Three fifty-four. My goodness. Very young, yeah. And she shouldn't have been experiencing the things that she was experiencing. And so she um, kind of went into a funk. She went sort of downhill pretty fast, wasn't working, didn't really have anything else going and on I'm in sure her life. And I'm sure depression sets in depression, and makes yeah. it worse. Correct. So uh, eventually, 2010 now, we get a early diagnosis of um, 
early onset dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, and depression. So I was hit with the trifecta. And um, she, she, I'm not really sure if she understood what was going on at the time. It Probably. Was very that confusing. was a blessing. Yeah, very confusing. And we as a family were somewhat separate. Uh, she and my father are divorced now, and so my sister lives in the, the same town as both of them. My brother mm-hmm. lives in another city, and I live all the way up here in the Pacific Northwest. So our family dynamics are a little bit off, and everyone's mm-hmm. kind of living their own life, doing their own thing. I, of course, was playing football and raising a brand-new family of my own and didn't get a chance to see firsthand what was happening. Right. And I think, too, when we talk about you know, having to accept things, you know, it's the whole thing of denial uh, sets in. It's like, it's not as bad as everybody's talking about. And I'm sure for you being up here and her being down there, that it was like, it wasn't real to you. I mean, there's got to have been some sort of an adjustment on your part being separated from her. Like We just, we didn't know what was going on. And Mm -hmm. so we didn't really have answers until 2010. And when we finally got the diagnosis, it starts to set in, and, and yeah, denial. That was my first reaction was, no way. Right. There's got to be, you know, so of course we start doing our research and getting involved in the community, figuring out what is this thing we're dealing with. And right. it turns out that there's a very strong community of advocates and people that have either gone through it or mm-hmm. are going through it as caregivers. Wow. And just sort of plugging myself in with some of these people very loosely. But my sister and my mom were kind of managing each other sure. in the situation. And also my grandmother's still alive. And so she's still in the picture. And Amazing. she's now 87, 88, and she's got dementia, Alzheimer's. So now we've got two in the family that we're dealing with. And last year I decided that it was – Enough was enough. I had heard too many stories. I wasn't sure who was telling the truth. Couldn't figure out what was going on. As with many families that are dealing with this situation, ours was no different. We, I was trying to get information from my sister. I couldn't really mm-hmm. talk to my mom. She didn't know who I was anymore. Oh. And I decided to make an unannounced trip home, and things were worse than I thought. Yeah. So I just snatched her up and brought her back with me. Wow. We are talking to former Seahawks uh, defensive end Joe Tafoya, um, also the chief marketing officer of Lady 12s here. So you guys probably see all of his great stuff in Safeway and, and Albertsons. And that's, of course, a whole other topic that you're yeah. is a brainchild of your lovely <laughs> wife, Brandilyn. So, yeah. um, and I have several of your things in my closet, which is great. Thank you. Um, we as 12s, I mean, obviously, we look up to you guys. And, 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 you know, you guys are like the pillar of strength in the community. And you kind of think of your Seahawk legends as infallible. And yet this probably brought you to your knees. Still does. <laughs> I'll share a quick story with you. I was in 2005. I was, uh, we were on our way to the Super Bowl. And I was getting ready to go onto the field against the NFC rival Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. Before I went onto the field, there was this incredible moment in the locker room where someone opened the double doors to the stadium and this noise rushed in and just filled me with so much energy and passion. And it was the fans. The fans didn't know what they were doing, but they were basically charging all of us up. 
and then we went onto the field, and there was a moment where the quarterback could not communicate with his offensive line because there was this huge of influence. the Carolina Panthers, yeah, right? The Carolina Panthers. That was before Cam Newton. Yeah, <laughs> I think his name was Jake Delhomme, and he had to call a timeout, which made the crowd go even louder. Yeah. And then we called another timeout, and there were a few penalties, and we beat them handily. And mm-hmm. I have to say that that made a huge impact on my life as a player. Fans don't get to see what happens in the locker room before no. the game. They don't get to see what happens in your practices. They don't get to mm-hmm. see what happens in your home and in your life. They only see this one image of you, mm-hmm. which you said earlier, infallible. And that's yeah. not true at all, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> well, we think of you that way. <laughs> but when something unknown and something of this nature comes around and influences your life, and now I'm speaking of Alzheimer's dementia. Um, it humanizes you. You're very human at that point, and you're vulnerable. And I found myself lost and not really knowing where to turn and not knowing who I can talk to about mm-hmm. it because, to a certain extent, I needed to put up this public persona, Absolutely. right, as this person who's done all these amazing That's things. That's your public face. That's who you but are on the inside, to the community. I'm, I'm yeah. dying. I'm going to all of these events, thinking about my mom. And finally, I brought her here into town, and I opened up. And I started talking about it. And it was maybe the, the second most influential time that, of the fans in my life where I started getting this incredible feedback of, good for you for talking about this. Hey, we're going through the same thing. I was starting to get instant messages and a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you're talking about this, Joe. This is a very relevant topic. And I went headfirst into this whole thing, and I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Well, you've been now, I think, in many ways, a a leader. Um, You know, you are definitely high profile amongst the 12s, and most of us 12s certainly look up to you and all the things that you've done for the community, including breaking the record at CenturyLink Field. You were in charge of that. And so to have your voice and to be willing to be vulnerable and open like you are, um, you know, it it helps all of us understand that there's a process. I I know that when we um, when we work with with uh, families every day, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, we do a program during the holidays, which of course you're part part of. Right. And a lot of twelves, they'll t- tell me, "Well, I don't even know what to do. I don't know about going to the- those places," quote unquote. Um, so there's this element of almost a stigma because there's this unknown part. It's that right. people don't know what to do, and it's important that we do start talking about it. I'm very happy that you are talking about it, and my experience with Answers for Elders when we did the 12 Days of Goodness was so positive and reinforcing. Mm-hmm. When we went to the the community, the elderly community that we went to, to see the joy on their faces, just mm-hmm. to have new people around to talk about and we could talk Absolutely. football. One lady gave me a really hard time because she was a Packer fan and she hated the Seahawks. And I loved it. <laughs> She's this little 90-year-old lady. I love it. In a wheelchair. But I Really appreciate what you're doing, and I'm I'm happy to be part of it in any way possible. That's awesome. So, Joe, how I mean, how can we support you as as a fan base? And um, you know, what what takeaways do you have of today? I think if we support each other, then that helps the most. Um, I'm I get 
so much help from the community. Whenever I say that we're going to do an event, we have fans that show up. I have friends, lifelong friends that just want to be involved. If we can support each other and all be there for each other, mm-hmm. as we always are, as fans, as 12s, as Seahawk fans, as parents, daughters, sons, we are strong and we can continue to be stronger for each other. I love it. Thanks so much for being on the program, Joe. My pleasure. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.